It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I need to find somebody that incompetent. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. <laughs> It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. Fair ball down the line. Kepler does it. A walk-off winner in 17 innings. They'd like to dump Gatorade on him, but the Gatorade buckets are empty. That's how long this game has been. Five hours and 45 minutes later, Max Kepler comes through. Quick uh, poll to open up the Mackie and Judd with Rami show here. And we got a lot to do. Jason Stark is joining us at 420. I have NBA rumors to fill a segment at 5 o'clock, including involving your Wolves. And other news is coming up at 520. Was that excitement or just pure relief in the voices of Dick Bramer and Burt Blylevin on the call last night for Fox Sports North? Judd Zoligan. Actually, it was uh, Burt was out. It was Jack Morris oh, my bad. and Dick Bramer. And so I left after 13. I got home, listened to Corey and Danny on my drive home on the radio, and then got in the door and turned on the TV, and there was still a bit to go. It was relief. That was, thank it God. Was, it was, yeah. Now and we can you know all what? go home. And I don't blame them one Let's bit. go get some sleep, folks. And I don't, and this is. I don't blame them at all. This is not passing judgment. They were exactly right to feel that way. But when that, so I was home by the time this happened, but deep into the night in the game, um, Rosario doubled to, I think, lead off, and uh, C.J. Crone hit a screamer at the first baseman. And this thing would have gotten through and scored, I think, Rosario from second, but, of course, it got caught by the first baseman, who then throws to second to double off Rosario, and that's when I thought, this is going 20-plus. That's about the last thing I remember seeing before I made the mistake of, I'm just going to lay down and watch the rest of okay, this one. Number I'm just going to lay down one, on the couch. Number one, you knew one. you were going to fall asleep. Probably. Number two, my favorite part of the story is uh-huh. when you woke up and thought it was 3 in the morning. I really and thought the game it was had gone 3, 3 a.m. I was like, how in the hell is this still happening? I was completely out of it. I still thought it was 3 a.m. until I heard the uh, Sports Center anchor this morning say that the runtime of the game was six hours. And then I started doing the math. I was like, wait a minute. That means it was over around 1 a.m. So then I found a game story where it said that the final out was recorded at 12.55, so I put it all together in my head. I woke up, bleary-eyed, looked at my clock. It said 12.55. I thought it said 2.55. Okay. And never figured it out until I put all the pieces together this morning. The fact that you actually, at some point in time, late in that game, in extra innings, thought you could lay down and take a little <laughs> siesta, and but still watch the game. You knew that you were done. <laughs> I went home and and um, actually sat upright because I thought if I lay down, I got no chance here. I got no chance. Unfortunately, it, it came to... So I left Target Field after 13. I think I left about 11.50 p.m. And as you just said, it ended at, what, 12.55 a.m.? Yeah. But, um, yeah, that was quite the game. I saw you tweet out... Quite the game. ...that your scorecard was running out of room. It only goes to, what, 12 innings? 13, it went 13. 13 innings? Yep. So what do you do after that? Well, if I had stayed at the game and oh, not yeah, left... yeah, left. That's ...and right. not left, I, I would have flipped to the next page and put in the the current lineups and pitching lines... Oh, ...and started geez. a new scorecard. Oh, my goodness. And if I didn't have to work today, and I, I had to do a Conduits of Trouble podcast with my buddy Chip Scoggins at 10 a.m., but I'm almost 50. And it, <laughs> it, it sucks getting old. I'm not going to pull punches here. It, it completely stinks. Jonathan Judd was literally, before we turned the mics on to start the show, he goes, 
I'm so tired. Why am I tired? <laughs> I said all I did was watch game. a baseball game last night. I shouldn't be tired. <laughs> I, I feel like I caught. I feel like I'm Mitch Garver. It's completely unfair. Oh yeah, you guys definitely did the same amount of work yesterday. Oh, but no, but no, I'm, I'm criticizing myself. I'm exhausted, and I watched a baseball game and kept score. Like, why am I? Why am I fatigued? I slept for six plus hours. It's because you kept score. That's why you're I'm fatigued. Sp- I'm an adult. I'm supposed to be functional right now. Anyway, uh, yeah, that that was quite the game. But I did uh, violate a a Judd rule from my childhood. At least I never used to leave games. I was the same way. I would, and I would beg my parents to stay. I would never leave games. I want so. So my first Cubs game, because we got cable in 82, and the first thing that came on, I was 13, I think, Rami, the first thing when they plugged it in, the cable in, right? WGN. 1982, I think. Yeah. WGN's on. And it's a Pirates-Cubs game. And I am, they got me. You're hooked. Immediately. Afternoon, summer um, sort of non-athletic fat kid. The sun was shining on baseball. You were like, "What is this?" Yeah, I love you know love baseball. There's a chair right in front of me in which I can drink soda pop and and eat things that are bad for me all summer long and watch Cubs games and keep score. I was hooked. So my dad in '86 had a client through his business and got really good tickets to a Cubs game. This is pre lights and um. It's a Astros Cubs game. Nolan Ryan starts for Houston, and I, I looked up the box score about three weeks ago. Nolan Ryan starts for Houston, and the game starts. It's fine, and it keeps going, and it keeps going, and it keeps going, and then it gets dark, <laughs> and there's no lights. It. We came back the next day to watch the conclusion of what I think was an 18 inning game. I think I was at that same game, and I saw every moment of it. I think that was one of the first games. God bless I ever my father attended. for staying. It was great. A young Greg Maddox was the losing pitcher in in relief. He was like the tenth Cubs pitcher. Yeah. So, but the point being is, too, I came back and wouldn't have missed it for the world. And I think I kept score. And last night after thirteen, I picked up the scorecard and I told I told our buddy Declan, "See you later." <laughs> I can't believe that you were at that same game, but yeah, I'm I was. pretty sure I was. I know I was at a game that you was must called have been, I think due I to was, darkness. I was like six. If I it was, was in 1986, say, yeah. I was about sixteen. Yeah, I remember distinctly being at a game that was called due to darkness. I thought they were playing the Reds, but it might have been the Astros. There were plenty of Cubs games back, back at that time that probably had to be called or a few due to darkness. Uh, but last night, I said after thirteen, I gotta go. So you left it to Declan. He said so you I left go it to down Declan, and Declan actually had to go down. Yeah, <laughs> and then poor Declan had had to go down. His job is to uh, not go to the Twins clubhouse, but the Sox. And of course, Alex Cora had just melted down and gone completely ballistic on, on the umpire because he thought Rosario bunted with his foot out of the batter's box. Uh, so, and, and he did. Cora saw the replay and apologized, but. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, it violated the, a rule of my childhood, had, which is I don't leave. I had the same rule, and I remember going to a. Um, I have a lot of family up in Montreal, so we would go there like once a year. Really, growing up, we'd go up to Montreal like once a year. Oh, cool! Um, and always go to an Expos game if we were there in the in the summer. Which, by the way, Stat Olympic. All this, yeah, all this clamoring for Montreal to get the Expos back. No, they don't deserve it. They had that team. They didn't support it. They didn't want it. It's not like they supported the team and. Just just couldn't get a new arena like the Seattle Supersonics. They just didn't support that team, period. They didn't want them, and so they don't deserve to get another one. I know the logo is cool. I was going to say, can we bring back the logo? There's a lot of nostalgia with Vladimir Guerrero but what if and they built Otis them an outdoor nice ballpark? Because that the, the, the no. Olympic Stadium was a dump, right? Absolutely. You want an outdoor ballpark in Montreal. An outdoor ballpark doesn't make sense in Minnesota. You want it in Montreal, oh, 100%. I want outdoor ballparks everywhere. Yeah, I'm with him. But anyway, anyway, I'm sorry. I'm interrupting. Go Regardless, on. I was probably about 9, 10 years old, and we went to an Expos game. They're playing the Mets, and the Mets went up big early. It was like 9 to nothing. Okay. So it was like the 6th, 7th inning, and I was there with my dad, my cousin, and my brother. And all three of them were like, this game is over. Let's go. Let's get out of here. Okay. I was like, I'm not leaving. And they're like, no, let's go. Game's over. Come on. Let's go. I'm like, I'm not leaving. I don't leave baseball games early. I was just a stubborn little kid. I was not leaving. So they pulled the old, well, we'll just leave without you. 
I was also kind of a, a smart little kid, and I was like, they're not leaving without me. I'm a, I'm a kid. You can't leave without me. That would be against the law. So I just sat there. Not in Montreal. They all got up and walked away as if they were going to leave without me. And I just sat there, and I, I, I saw them. They didn't know I saw them, but like they went down like the concourse and kept on like peeking around the corner to see if I was getting scared and like looking for them or trying to follow them. I sat there and watched all nine innings, Judd. And the Expos didn't make a comeback. That was what I was saying the whole time. I was like, they could make a comeback, and we we would miss that. Absolutely, they were never. They didn't make a comeback. That's how I thought. But I sat there for nine innings and watched that blowout. Good for you. That's exactly what I knowing, used to think. Knowing that these adults and my brother, who was a teenager at the time, weren't going to leave a little kid alone at the baseball game. You had principles of what you believed to be true about baseball and weren't going to violate them. I like that. And I knew. And I called their bluff. I knew they were bluffing. So. Were they mad when they realized that you knew that they were full of BS? Yes. <laughs> yes. And that you had won? I won. You definitely won. I won. I watched all nine innings of that baseball game. That's fantastic. Do you still have that rule, though? Was last night an exception to the rule? Because now I'll, I'll leave early sometimes. I'm not uh, going to You know what? It depends. If I go as a fan, I'll leave. If I go in the press box to cover a game, I almost always stay. But last night, I just was too tired and I couldn't. I was too, I'm too old now. But um, if I go as a fan in, in the stands and it's a bad game or a blowout, and I don't, the one thing is if I take the wife to a Twins game, if it's going to go three plus, we leave. I will not subject her to that. What do you mean if it's going to go three? If it's oh, going to go, go three, three hours, hours and 30 minutes or something, or it's, you know, it's not, it's, you know, 11, it's 15 to 11 and it's going to take forever, I will not subject her to that because. She goes because it's outside, you drink some beers, you have some drinks, it's fun. She is not a baseball fan, and I'm not... Baseball takes so long now in some circumstances that if she is willing to go on a date to a baseball game, which she's not much, so this is not a frequent occurrence. The compromise is you're not going to make her sit but I'm not, for more but than I, three yeah, hours. We, we went to an Angels-Twins game, Angels game last year at Target Field, and it started to drag on, and she said, we are done after the sixth, and I said, that's absolutely fine. Caller's got a great rule that he's brought up a couple times. Two and a half hours. I've seen all I need to see in two and a half hours. For baseball? For sporting events. That's like... Oh, wait. That's like that's not even close to a full football game sometimes, right? If he's going as a fan, two oh. and a half hours. If he's covering it, then, then he stays you, for the whole thing. But two and a half hours, I believe, is what he said. But then you wouldn't go to, to football games as a fan ever. Because a football game is how... A college so football he, game does forever. He, does he I don't know the early? intricacies of this rule, but he won't... From what I believe he said... It's two and a half hours, and he's done. I'm I'm wondering if he leaves early or shows up late because that would be you could have the same rule for movies and just never see the end of like Avengers Endgame. Like I'm only staying for two and a half hours. Well, then that's just dumb. And I don't care how the I don't care how the movie ends. But that's what you're doing. You're saying I just I'll just leave before the ending. I just invested two and a half hours of my time into this. And I don't care how it ends. If you can't finish a baseball game in two and a half hours, I'm done. The first I'm game, the, I'm personally no, but, I don't like leaving sports. I'm going to look at the box scores from last night it. and see how many games fall in that two and a half hour parameter. Because I bet it's not a lot. Not first, a lot of them anymore. The first game I ever took the girlfriend to. And by box scores, I mean the newspaper. Cubs Brewers went 13 innings. Done. Never no. heard a peep from her. I was like, I got a winner here. She never said, could we leave? This game but is she's a big sport. She's a big yeah. sports fan. I was fan. like, I got myself a winner right here. I think we're gonna we're gonna let this. I'll one give you twelve innings. Around. If it goes anywhere beyond that, I'm out. I think Sorry. it went at least thirteen okay. innings, maybe I'll 14. give you twelve innings, and then I'm done. Let's get in Paul in Oakdale. You're on Mackie and Judd with Rami. What's up, Paul? Hey, just a quick story on the just to share with you guys. So I took my school age daughter, grade school age daughter, to the we were at the longest game that was ever at the Metrodome. I think it was like twenty two innings back in late eighties or whatever. Ninety three against Cleveland. I looked it up last night. Yep. So I, of course, this was before cell phones. So we get home at one thirty in the morning or something, and the wife's not very happy that I kept the daughter out till the end of the game. But uh, was it a uh, school night? Part, it was a school night. And we actually, <laughs> wow. And we actually Good kept score. You. I still have the scorecard scorebook at home. That we actually had to like double over twice to keep to get all twenty some innings in. But uh, I actually still had the scorecard. Wow! Thanks for the that's call. A great Paul. Story. Appreciate it. That's a great story, and I don't blame your wife for being upset because that was. But you know what? A long game. That's one of those things where, in the moment, 
I don't blame the wife for being upset, yeah. but yeah. in hindsight, I don't blame him for doing it because it had, that created a memory. I'm yep. sure his daughter still remembers it. He kept the scorecard. She's still tired. Yeah, she's probably still catching she's up like, on man, sleep. I never cut up on sleep after that game in 93. But do we need to do anything to prevent this type of stuff? Jonathan's over there saying two and a half hours, can I go, can and I, I don't need to see anything else. Can I quickly else? run through the box scores for, for last night to tell you exactly how many big league ball games Matthew Collar would have lasted it as a fan? I think that's his rule. I'm fairly positive that's what he said okay, his rule is. Just quickly. 230, 309, 255, 313, 309, 244, 243, 304, 251. Sounds like a baseball problem. Speed it up. I'm not saying don't have that rule. Sports is entertainment, yeah. and I say consume it as you want. I'm not going to tell you how to consume your entertainment or what entertainment to consume. That's totally subjective. If I had that rule, I'd show up late. I'm not yeah. going to invest two and a half hours of my time to not see how something ends. So if I have that rule and say it's a 7 o'clock start, I'm showing up at 8 o'clock. So that way I'll, I'll catch like the 4th through the, through the ninth inning, and I see how the game ends. I would hate... that's. That's ridiculous. I want to be at the start of games. Times. That sounds like a baseball problem. Nothing, nothing no, needs to No, that's just go... how long the game takes. It's not no, a problem. It doesn't need to go over three hours. There is no clock in the game. Doesn't that's matter. one of the Speed things that's beautiful about it. Base- and that's what's killing it. Baseball now takes too long. That's not what's killing it. Baseball takes too long. I agree there. The younger generation likes Every soccer. Every sport and this takes mean... three hours. Two and a half hours. But football's once a week. Baseball, is, an hour and a half, as actually. you said before, and you're right, baseball, because it's a daily sport, takes too long. Football is long, but it's once a week. Yeah. And now now I should amend that by saying pro football. College football, oh, entirely too long. too long. I think college football's got problems. Yeah. First downs, why are you stopping the clock? That used to be, I finally found out. I asked this question of a thousand people. I'm like, why do they stop the clock? And someone said, because in the old days, the chain gangs, it took them time to move the, the chains for a first down. Now they basically are in shape and they run. There is no reason in college football to stop the clock on first downs. So would you change anything about extra innings in Major League Baseball? Well, we, always change about, we always talk about changing overtime in the NFL. Well, last night as I watched that, that unfold, and I am, to be very clear, I am not advocating this, but last year I believe it was brought up and tested in like the Atlanta, Atlantic League. This The idea was, and I think it was from Manfred and Company, right? I to, think they're the first ones to mention it, yeah. To put a man, to put a man, I think starting in the twelfth inning on second base to start every inning. And I tweeted that out as Ugh. a joke as a joke. I don't like that. I don't like th- that that idea. But as we watch that game continue and continue, I at least thought this is what they were talking about. And if we had a if we had this problem a lot, I could see being a little bit more um feeling a necessity to do it. But 17 inning games don't come around that much. No. Like, this is not the norm. And I thought, you know what? Last night, I think it's sort of cool because it's so rare. Right. The game times, I read you are a problem because they're nine inning games for the most part. That's that's the part that bothers me. Not the 17 inning That's regulation. That's that's basically the regular amount of innings that you're playing. If those were extra innings, then I completely understand. But that's nine Mm -hmm. innings taking too long. An idea that popped in my head, and sure, it's probably crazy. After 12 innings... So you get an extra three innings to do play the normal way you normally play because baseball has this has this thing with threes. After twelve innings, the next run wins because you've had twelve innings to win the normal way, win the regular way. What what if we just did sudden death? So after sudden that? death after twelve innings? Yeah, I mean, we have Jason innings. Stark. We have Jason Stark coming up so next. Mookie Betts' home run, I believe, in the top of the thirteenth, which was countered by Kepler's home run in the bottom of the thirteenth. Mookie Betts walked it off. Okay. 12 innings, that's enough. We have Jason no? Stark coming up next. You guys gave your proposals of Well, what, this is not my proposal. What to do brought, in extra innings. Okay. I, I brought up that that was baseball's idea. All right. I do not like the idea at all of placing a guy on there's second base. That's one, an idea. There's one thing and one thing only that I would like to see if we're going to change anything about extra innings in baseball, which is after 12 innings, home run derby. <laughs> I like it. That's it. I'm... Twelve innings. We have a home run derby. Do those home runs count in the standings? No, no, That's they a do not. Shootout in, in hockey. That's the worst idea I've ever home heard. Home run derby after twelve innings. I'm out of here. I That's want to ask Jason awful. Stark. No, all no, three of our don't. Proposals. What no. he thinks we'll about, lose him all, as a guest. about what he thinks about all three of these proposals. <laughs>
Hockey of the Athletic and MLB Network. Do not sell this as my proposal with a man on second. I won't. That was brought I'll up. I'll say there are three ideas on the a table. A home run derby. Three ideas on the table. So you want a skills competition. You want the shootout in hockey. Sure. At least make it entertaining. Hold on a second. Mr. Double Switch. If we're already if we're already gonna try and I'm and, intrigued by Jonathan's I'm okay idea. with it as is. I'm fine with it as is. But if if we're gonna cater to the impatient I need satisfaction now, games are too long society that we live in, let's really light off some fireworks. Let's really do this thing. Home, all right? Home run derby. Man, you're coming at me strong. Yeah, I'm coming at you strong. Yeah, you're, you're coming in too hot right here. We'll see what Jason Stark it's thinks about all game. this. Stark's going to quit the show. When he of the Athletic and MLB Network joins us next. Mackie and Judd with Rami. Score North on 1500 and the Score North mobile app. Hey, everybody. It's Phil Mackie here for Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Business owners, I'm talking to you right now. I've been a business owner in my life a couple different times, actually. And so I can relate to what you go through on a daily, on an hourly, on a monthly, annual basis, that roller coaster ride and that never-ending sea of problems over here, but also the exhilaration of those incremental wins over there. You get the whole spectrum when you're a business owner. And so if you're in this group, I recommend getting to know Federated Insurance, which has over a century of experience in making businesses as successful as they can be. When you partner with Federated, you get more than just a policy. It helps tremendously to have an insurance company that gives you peace of mind as you navigate the challenges of running a business. Visit federatedinsurance.com to find your local marketing representative. You won't regret it. Federated Insurance. It's our business to protect yours. Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North on 1500 and the Score North mobile app. Joining us now, as he does every week at this time from the Athletic and MLB Network, pleasure to welcome in Hall of Fame baseball writer Jason Stark. Jason, how are you this afternoon, sir? I'm great. What's happening, man? Uh, we're tired. We're tired. We were up very late watching baseball. <laughs> I made it through 13 at Target Field last night, and, and I had to go home, Jason. I was just too tired to stay. I made the mistake in the, I think it was 12th inning, of saying, I'll just lay down and watch the rest of this game, Jason. And then uh, woke up to Dick Bramer screaming as the winning run scored. <laughs> yeah, I've been there, done that. What was the longest game you ever attended? Uh, I don't, well, I've been... I've covered two 18-inning postseason games, uh, including one last year. If you remember, <laughs> I was the last. I was I was in the auxiliary press box at Dodger Stadium. I was the last person there. It was 3:40 a.m. California time, <laughs> and it was just me and some really large rodent. <laughs> I'm sure the rodent was very friendly, though, right? <laughs> He was happy. He, he, he wasn't happy to see me. He was really happy to see all the food that mm. my fellow writers had left just sitting there. Yeah, that was like like when they play day games at certain times at Wrigley Field. The Seagulls are used to coming and picking the food. That was probably the time that that rodent came and picked food every day. Yeah, and that you was just his turf. Yeah, you happened to, you, <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> you were infringing. You didn't you know, belong the other, there. The other eighteen inning game was the uh, the famous. Uh, Astros, Braves, NLDS game that was actually a day game, and it went on for so long that by the time I finished, uh, I wound up going back to the hotel, and I did Mike and Mike live when they came on at 6 a.m. Wow. Wow, that's dedication right there. That's why he's a Hall (laughs) of Fame baseball. I stayed awake for every pitch, though, man. Jason, we were obviously talking about this game in the first segment of the show, and... We were throwing around ideas to do something about games that go 17 innings and to try and shorten them and end them quicker, although I'm okay with what happened last night. I'm totally fine with it. But these were the three ideas that that came to the table on what to do about extra inning games and ending them sooner. Start the 12th inning with a man on second base, something I know baseball has kicked around and I think is trying in some independent leagues right now. Sudden death after 12 innings, or my idea, Jason, was after 12 innings, let's just have a home run derby. Two-part question. (laughs) Which which one of those three ideas do you like the most, (laughs) and which one do you think baseball would be most likely to implement? You know, I I try to be progressive on this kind of thing, but uh, I, I wouldn't do anything. 
I think these marathons are part of the lore of baseball. I recognize they have consequences. I recognize people have to go home. I recognize people fall asleep. Even people in the business, not mentioning any names, but... <laughs> There's a story there. You know, the, the, the Max Kepler saga last night is one that will be told forever by the 11 people who are awake to see it. Yeah. And here, here's what's cool about that, uh, Jason. Max Kepler didn't start and ended up with uh, going three for five w- with a home run yeah. and had six plate appearances in a game he didn't start. See, that, <laughs> that, that I think, is what makes baseball cool. He didn't yeah. start and ended up with six plate appearances. That's the type of thing that you go, wow, that's baseball, and only in baseball, by the way. Uh, exactly. Exactly. The other sports, it ends. And, I, you know, I recognize the allure of trying to get it over with. But, like, I don't know. I've been at the the penalty kick shootouts. I've been at the, the hockey shootouts. They're, they're, they're so different than what you just witnessed. Nobody's a bigger fan of home run derby than me. But I don't, I don't want a game to end that way. It's got nothing to do with just what, what just went on for three, four hours. Agreed. Do, do you sense that... Uh, do, do the, does the brass in baseball think that that's a problem, or are those yes. type of games so rare that they don't think it's a problem, do you think? See, now, I argue these games are so rare, what are we doing? Agreed with that. You know, what, we're, we're trying to fix something that happens three, four, five, six times a year. Yep. Um, but they think it's a problem. They think people would like to have an ending <laughs> in some finite period of time. And so... They, you know, they're 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 going to do this in the All Star Game. They, as you mentioned, they're they're messing with it in the Atlantic League. They were doing it in spring training. Um, it's clearly something they're interested in. I don't think the players are interested. So I don't know how we, I don't know how we fix it. Maybe there is something that could be traded for it. But I, I don't get the sense the players like it. They have kicked around that idea though of starting the twelfth inning with a man on second. Have yeah. they not? That's what I mean. That's what they have kicked around. Um, you know, like that, we had a game in the minor leagues this year where a, a pitcher pitched a perfect game, but lost it <laughs> because of that rule. Uh, they started a runner on second. There was a couple oh, wow. of wild pitches or something, and that's how the winning run scored. And he hadn't permitted a base runner. That's amazing. That calls for an asterisk. Then <laughs> that's not fair to that player. Right. <laughs> That, that seems like a glitch in the system. Talking with uh, Jason Stark of MLB Network and The Athletic here, was there a glitch in the system that allowed Matt Carpenter to get a bunt double yesterday? How exactly does that happen? <laughs> did, I don't know. Did you see the shift? Did yes. you see the way that the Marlins lined up on that play? Like, yeah, I saw yeah. There was nobody on the left side. Yep. It was wide open. There was nobody for, you know, if he, if he punched a bunt, down that line, there was nobody within 150 feet of it. Now, you know, let's think globally about the shift. Why are all those guys standing where they're standing? Because they know where you're going to hit the ball, most likely. Right. How do you get them to stop standing there? Hit the ball somewhere else. Yep. <laughs> That's how it happens. And, and because of that, the bunt is the most underutilized weapon against the shift in baseball, and especially against that kind of shift. But the funny thing is, I, you know, I did look into this after he did it, and bunting for a hit actually went down last year, even though shifting, and, and it looks like it's about the same this year, even though shifting is up 28%. Thanks to the uh, twins, Jason. They <laughs> shift constantly now. They're doing their part. Oh, yeah. Hey, so uh, back to back to the, the bunt. There was a big, uh, or I shouldn't say big, there was a contra- controversy here a couple nights ago. Monday night, uh, the uh, the Twins got into the Red Sox bullpen and got guys on first and second, and uh, Jorge Polanco comes up. Nobody's out, but, of course, he goes into that game as the AL uh, leader in hitting, and Polanco decides to bunt the runners, and he does it perfectly to second and third. It doesn't work out ultimately, but I don't know that there's a subject that seems to be as polarizing now in baseball among, I guess, what could be considered the old and new guard as the bunt. What's your feeling on the bunt? It, it, you know, there's a reason that we're going to have the fewest sacrifice bunts in the history of baseball this year. You know, we now have actual mathematical evidence that tells you exactly 
when it's a good idea and when it's not a good idea, which is most of the time. <laughs> and, you know, just like NFL coaches have their little charts that tell them when to go for two and when to kick, that's where we are with the bunt now. Um, baseball managers know the probabilities, have the probabilities at hand, right there in their iPads in the dugout, and they know exactly when they should and shouldn't. Every once in a while, uh, something different will happen. A uh, player will take it into his own hands, or the manager will just have a gut feel that he would like to put a ball in play and see how the defense reacts. So there is that. You know, I, it's funny. I don't know if you remember the, the last year that the Giants won the World Series. Tim Flannery came up with that that stat, the RTI, runs thrown in. <laughs> and that was a reflection of the fact that uh, the Cardinals made a bunch of errors in the NLCS. And once there, there was a game in there somewhere where um, Bruce Bochy had two consecutive hitters bunt. The Cardinals threw both of them away. And I actually stopped into his office after the game. He was just sitting there. And he said to me, I hate the bunt. But in a big spot, I really believe in putting pressure on the defense and force them to make the right play and the right throw. And so there is a time where you deviate from the chart, but that's, that's where I am and that's where I think the sport is. Yeah, that's the human element that analytics can't really account for, right? Putting the, putting the defense in a tight spot and forcing them to make a perfect play, that's not something that analytics really accounts for that's that's pressure and and how right. human beings react under that pressure right. yeah exactly analytics is a mathematical formula and i think that you know i would like to i'd like to have all managers at least have the freedom to deviate from all mathematical formulas when their experience tells them that's a good idea but that's happening less and less talking with jason stark of the athletic and mlb network here on uh, mackie and judd with romney score north on 1500 and scorenorth.com. Jason, when they announced the, the, the settling on one trade deadline, no waiver moves after July 31st, I thought it would speed up the trade market. And there's obviously been intense interest in the trade market around here because of the position that the twins find themselves in and the need for an arm. Did you think things would be moving a little bit faster, a little more hot and heavy by now than, than what we've seen in Major League Baseball? I did. I think I've told you guys that. I've written that. Uh, I was told that by quite a few teams as we headed, and we got past Memorial Day, just had to get through the draft. That's what they said. (laughs) Okay, that was wrong. Um, The sense I get now, talking to several clubs that are in buy mode, is that, look, there, there are teams that have put the for sale sign up, but right now, there is it's it's clearly a seller's market. Prices are high. They're obviously too high. So no, nothing is happening uh, unless you dial up uh, Jerry Depoto in Seattle because he wants to make a trade every ten minutes. This is true. And so the sense I get now is the only way you can make a meaningful trade is an overpay. It's just not how the modern front office is wired. And so I think we're going to see something pretty similar to what we've seen is that it's going to go into July. It might start earlier in July, but there's not going to be a flurry of trades in June. That's obvious now. You don't see any chance of that still happening? I I would never say never, Mm. but that something would have to change dramatically for that to happen. You know, you've, you've got more teams in the American League that are in active sell mode than the National League. There's really, the National League is really only Giants-Marlins. And so you have you, you always have teams that want to wait until closer to the deadline to see whether they think they have a realistic chance, and that determines whether they buy, sell, or, or, or kind of neither. But the other thing that happens is, if you you know when you have more sellers, mm-hmm. buyers have more leverage, so it pays to wait. It's why many teams have always waited. It's why some teams used to love to wait until August. They had the leverage. <laughs> you know, the, the seller had none. Um, there's no more August, but there's still the other part of it. Are the the Yankees now trying to or prepared to try and win playoff game seventeen sixteen? <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. Okay, but they're happy to win one that way. 
being con- yeah. it's just they get Stanton back, they get Judge back, they go out and get Incarnacion. It's just that this what what they're doing goes down a very interesting path to me, especially in that uh, ballpark. Yeah, well, you know, Brian Cashman is interesting because he doesn't get himself locked into any one philosophy of how to get better. I think there are a lot of teams that feel that way now. If you can get better, just do that. Mm-hmm. Don't pigeon don't pigeonhole yourself into saying, I need to only get better by upgrading pitching. And so if you get the scariest lineup in the history of the, of the world, that's also an excellent strategy, right? I mean, go up and down their lineup. Judge and Stanton. I know. Judge comes back, or they both have hit fifty. Gary Sanchez. He looks like he might hit fifty. Um, Encarnacion's hit forty a couple times. You've got uh, Didi almost hit thirty last year. Uh, Aaron Hicks almost hit thirty last year. Luke Voigt's been a, a Yankee for three and a half months, and he's already hit thirty. Glaber, he looks like he's going to hit 30. That's eight 30 homer guys in one lineup. It's almost as good as the Twins. Almost as good as that Twins lineup, Jason. That's correct. (laughs) All right, let's get to trivia. Fire up the music, Jonathan. (laughs) Go ahead and make fools of us, Jason. What do you have for us this week? What's the trivia question? You have no idea what a good segue that was in the trivia question. No idea. Oh no, I knew. Um, I meant it. I meant to do it. I don't. I still don't know what it is. But whatever it is, I meant take, to do don't it. Don't worry. Way. He'll take credit for it, Jason. Unless you were already cheating and you knew what the question was. <laughs> right, the Twins are on pace to have three thirty homer guys. Uh, Nelson Cruz is almost going to make it forty, but they've only had three seasons in the history of their team where they had three players hit thirty. Can you name the years or the approximate years? But at least the threesomes. So three times they had three players who hit 30 home runs or more. Right. The three twins teams where three different players hit 30. Okay. All right. Judd, you're obviously more well-versed in twins history than I am, but I got to imagine teams that included Puckett, Herbeck, and... Who would be another guy on those teams that would have done it? Uh, Guy Eddie or Bernanski. Guy Eddie probably. Let's say Guy Eddie. Um, which would be circa 90, uh, late 80s with because uh, Gary left in 90 if that's accurate so uh, let's start with 1964 though I think that the, the 64 team is the one that this team has been going back and forth with as far as home runs which would be Bob Allison, Harmon Killebrew and Royce will kill me because I'm drawing a blank on, on the third one and then let's say 1988 for another one, Puckett, Herbeck, Gaetti. Okay. And the third, do, 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 I'm trying to think of the, because the teams I grew up watching were not that good. It hasn't happened in the last 15 years. I know, I can, t- I can tell you that. Yeah. That's correct. Yeah. Oh, no, well, yeah. Um, yeah. You don't have to bother guessing Kadir more no. Mauer, Mauer, never. Come on. What are you talking about, Jason? Yeah. Um, Allison Killebrew, who would be the third one on that in 64? I would not know. I know. For um, <laughs> Judd, you're doing well, though. Versailles didn't hit home runs. I just told really, you you're doing well. Think. That means that we're on the right path here. Um, we're on the right path, Judd. Yeah, you're, 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 you're analyzing this beautifully. Now you just have to actually answer. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, that's a track mark, that one, because that's great. And second of all, Jason Stark sounds like a grade school or high school teacher of Judd Zolgad telling him you're doing a great job. Now answer the question, dummy. <laughs> that was the best backhanded compliment oh, I've heard in a long time. It was. It, said, said with the soothing tone of a man who is just shaking his head right now on, on the phone. I'm going to bail on this. If you don't have the answer, I know I don't have the answer. Well, I'm saying 64 is one. I'm saying 88 is another. That's a that's a complete guess. And then uh, Killebrew had 49 and 69. Uh, I'm going to say the years were 64, 69, 88, Jason. All right. Well, you got one of the years right. 64 is right. Okay. Uh, Killebrew, Allison were two of them. I'm, I'm, I really thought you'd get the rookie of the year that year, Tony Oliva. Oliva. Third. Of course. Okay. Uh, 86. Seven was the year of the 80s. Okay. Uh, Do you have the three Herbeck, players right? Herbeck, Gaetti, Brunanski. Oh. oh. Hit, hit, hit 30 the year before. Okay. But didn't hit 30 that year. And then the other year is 63. So Killebrew and oh. Allison are two of them. 
I would never have gotten a third. That was a tough question. I'm I'm impressed Judd got as close as he did. I had he very did real well. I had very well, little for, to do with going, that. For going over three, he did really well. Jimmy <laughs> <laughs> That's right, Royce. He talks about Hull a lot. You said it was fantastic. Yeah. I think he got hit by a pitch, and that derailed his career. Yeah. Wow. Two, two drive-bys there. I was, I two drive-bys you got to have appreciation Jason for right Jason Stark right there. Wow. Right Check him out. You're Eddie Rosario uh, bemoaning his three-line drive-outs, right? Oh yeah, yeah, exactly right, exactly right. <laughs> hey, you know, I came to play hard. I, I played hard, Jason. I gave 110. percent All right. Yeah. All right. The exit velocity. Nice oh, well. Nice, that, nicely done. That was fantastic. That's Jason Stark. Thank Catch you. him on MLB Network, the Starkville <laughs> podcast, and of course at The Athletic, and every week right here on Mackie and Judd with Rami. Thanks, Jason. Appreciate it as Thank always. God. Talk to you next week. There's Jason Stark. Oh, that was good. That was really good. Jonathan, did, did you get that one? That was just out. The first one's just yeah, outstanding. Yeah, I got both of them. This is going to be great. Okay, the second one was the second, the second oh, one was solid. Good. The first one was... But two absolute drive-bys by Jason Stark on oh, our yeah, baseball yeah. note. Oh, he left Judd for dead. Outstanding. He's not so- coming back. He well did, done. Did he not sound like a teacher? Yes, very much so. You know, you're like, doing, just, a fan, you're doing a fantastic job. Now answer the question. We stretched in Purple Daily enough. You don't need to stretch anymore. There's, uh, you one, just get on with the answer. There's one baseball <laughs> oh, so story so good. that we did not get to with Jason there that I feel like uh, we have to address because it's something we've talked about in the past here on Mackie and Judd with Rami before. An NBA rumor mill that just won't stop at 5 o'clock in other news coming up at 520. So much more left. Mackie and Judd with Rami. Score North on 1500, scorenorth.com, and the Score North mobile. Hey everyone, it's Mackie here for TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. You know, with TCL, you get access to more streaming entertainment that includes sports and non-sports than with any TV on the market. You get that built-in Roku device with 5,000 plus streaming channels and 500,000 TV show episodes and movies. This is the best way to watch all your favorite content, whether you stream it, pay for a cable or satellite subscription, or use the built-in tuner to enjoy free over-the-air channels. The TCL Roku TV makes it easy to enjoy everything. It's so easy just to toggle back and forth on the main Roku menu between your streaming channels and your cable-slash-satellite channels. You're never going to miss anything sports-related, anything movie-wise, TV-wise. It's all in one place, easy to navigate. TCLUSA.com or any major local retailer here in the Twin Cities. Go stare at a TCL TV for yourself. Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North on 1500scorenorth.com. Rumor mill running wild in the NBA. Some of those rumors involving your Minnesota Timberwolves ahead of tomorrow's draft. We'll get to that coming up at 5 o'clock. But uh, a story in baseball we didn't get a chance to touch on with uh, Jason Stark. He's an important man. He only has so much time to spend with us losers. Uh, It was Manny Machado of the San Diego Padres suspended one game for what baseball called aggressively arguing and making contact with umpire Bill Welke in Colorado on Saturday. Machado will uh, appeal the ruling. Also, during that exchange, Machado angrily whipped his bat saw that. towards the backstop. Yep. Well, the one-game suspension, not enough for the Major League Baseball Umpires Association, who uh, put out this post yesterday across their social media platforms. Manny Machado was suspended one game for contact to an umpire during an argument over balls and strikes while violently throwing his bat against a backstop with absolutely no regard for anyone's safety. One game. One single game. What kind of president... Precedent, I should say, is that setting, it is not okay to throw a temper tantrum and physically touch someone of authority just because you don't agree. Violence in all workplace is not tolerated, period. Offenders are made examples of by being dealt with severely, not just for the good of all the employees, but for the good of the company itself, yada, yada, yada. Went on uh, for quite a while, but... That pretty much expresses their sentiment. They're not happy with the suspension. They don't feel it was harsh enough, and they called it workplace violence. Mm -hmm. Judd, how do you feel about this whole story? Oh, very simple. The umpires union and and the people that run the umpires need to clean up their own act first. How so? Angel Hernandez should be fired today. (laughs) Um, Hirschbeck should be, or um, what? I'm sorry, Wendelstedt should be fired today. That whole crew that was umpiring at Target Field over the weekend uh, should be let go. Uh, if they're not, they should be. They the, the next time the next time an umpire aggressively, you know, if a player 
barks about a, a strike uh, or a pitcher barks about a ball and the umpire aggressively takes off his mask and confronts said player and ejects them, they should be that the umpire should be suspended for five to ten games. Like it's just a joke. Right. The umpire clean up your own act first. Don't tell the players what they should do. I mean, why do we still see umpires? Umpires, we should be in a day and age where they don't exist. They should be robots. Where, they should all be robots. Hashtag robot umpire takeover. They certainly should not be heard from. If a player has a problem with a ball, with a strike, a lot of times said player is right. And so the last thing I want to see is a guy, you know, aggressively and not. And some of the younger umpires don't do this, and they're right. But the old school guy, Joe West, like you can't, you cannot issue a statement about Manny Machado when Joe West works for you. You can't. That's a that great statement point. was almost as if they think they still think they're the show. Like you're not right, but the but, players but, are but the what show. I, but what I would say, and is, to compare it to workplace violence, which by the way, egregious. MLB in their own statement in in retort to what the umpires association said, it was a long statement, but they wrapped it up by saying, "We also believe it is inappropriate to compare this incident to the extraordinarily serious well, issue of workplace violence." Yeah. And if you want to go down that that's path, so but if you want to go down that path, that's fine. Let's go down. Let's travel down that path. And if I'm a player and um, a, a low pitch is called a strike on me and I say something to the umpire and the umpire whips off his mask and comes at me to confront me about what I said, then that qualifies mm-hmm. as workplace violence. You are instigating me. I'm upset and you're making me matter. Why are you doing that? Do your job. This is ridiculous. But yeah, when Angel Hernandez and Joe West work for you Clean up your own house. I do shut up. I don't want to hear a word from you about the players. The way he threw the bat was excessive. Yeah, it was I, unnecessary. I didn't, he didn't make. But uh, they have no. But they can't. They, I'm not even sure if he made contact with Welke. It certainly wasn't violent contact or anything that would constitute workplace Rami, violence. They have. They have no credibility, nor do they have any business right. commenting on anything until they have their own right. workplace cleaned up, which they don't. So you think one game was. Enough suitable for the offense of Manny Machado. I saw him chuck the bat. Um, I think you know what I don't. I don't know what is right because the umpires themselves are so in the wrong so often and out of control that I don't. I don't know the correct a- answer. I also don't know. Did Welke say something? This is the other problem. These guys say things. They mm-hmm. incite the player more. They they should never do that. Like they what what right do they have? They screw up, then they get barked at, then they bark back. Well, you screwed up to start off with. I don't know if the suspension is right or wrong, but I do know that the audit of the troubled area here should be on the umpires. And they're not doing that. Agreed. Does that statement also read like an organization that knows that its employees have been performing pretty terribly in very public instances recently and is just trying to take people's eyes off of those? Because you've had the couple incidents. No, it reads to me as arrogance and the lack of self awareness. Throwing a temper tantrum. But baseball, but they're throwing their own temper tantrum here. But this would have been a perfect place for baseball to come back and and do what Rami and Phil have been advocating for a long time and say MLB is looking to clean this up by replacing these umpires, especially the the home plate with an an electronic strike zone. And so the Angel Hernandez's and Joe West and Welkies of the world very soon will be standing behind home plate holding a computerized thing that will tell them what to do. Just Is there say, an age limit for umps? In major league, I don't know. I'm not sure. That they have I to know, retire it? Yeah. Or what? Yeah, that they have to retire What's Joe West's age? I'll find Joe West's age. I know He's still soccer going. there is. He's still going. Soccer, there's an age limit, obviously, because it's a lot more physical. Not only should there be a weight, uh, an age limit, there should be like a weight limit and physical requirements that these umpires have to make. And I'm not, I'm not there's saying that... There's physical requirements for the NFL refs. I'm, exactly. I'm not saying that to be insulting or, or facetious at mm-hmm. all. Their job, yeah. Their job is to be in position, which means running around the field to make sure that you're in position. If you're not in shape to do it, then don't do it. And if you don't have the eyes to call balls and strikes, which nobody really does, but if you have anywhere near the eyes that it takes to call balls and strikes, you have no business doing that job either. Joe West is uh, 66 years old right now. That seems too old for an ump. I'm sorry, it does. I don't mean to be ages, but I agree. that seems too old. Well, but where you're right is this, and, th- and this is where, where sports are different. You are caught or forced to retire mm-hmm. as an athlete based on on one thing, age, yeah. right? 
Time catches up to everybody, and it catches up to Ums too. But I can I can see how you can't go into an office and tell an executive or secretary, hey, sorry, I think you're getting old. Right. Then you get sued. Right. But I think that if you are an on-field or on-ice person or on the court in any sport, age should be used against you because it's used against the players. Mm-hmm. It's based, your career, if you are a player, is basically is basically brought to an end by the practice of age discrimination. It has to be. You would think so. So Joe West at 66 should be told, Joe, it's been a good career. See ya. But I think it would have been hilarious and very fitting if MLB had come out and said, we are looking at replacing all home plate umpires with electronic strike zones, so don't worry about it, umpires. We'll fix it for you. You might have to rub your eyes and check if you're seeing things right if you've looked at the Twins lineup for tonight's game. Which you have you had to expect that it would be a little bit different looking lineup after a seventeen inning game last night. You have to get creative with the lineup and get some guys some rest. They're tired too. So this is what the twins will be running out there tonight for the finale of this series, the rubber match, if you will. It'll be Kepler in right field leading off, CJ Crone at first base, batting second. Uh Nelson Cruz will be the DH and batting third, cleaning up and in left field is Rosario. Miguel Sano is at third base. He's batting fifth. Batting sixth, the shortstop, Luis Arias. Jay Cave gets the start in center field. He'll bat seventh, batting eighth. And at second base, the return of La Tortuga, Turtle Power. At second base. Jason Castro will bat ninth and be behind the plate on the mound will be Kyle Gibson. Is this La Tortuga's first uh, endeavor starting at second base in 2019? I know he's played there. I don't know if he's started a game there yet. That I am not sure of. Uh, All right, so my only question is... Is Scope hurt? Because here's the one thing I don't get. And no, I'm being, he played 17 innings last night. Okay, I'm being very... Yeah, okay. But you know who else did? And who's playing tonight? And I don't understand for the life of me. Miguel Sano. He struck out five times. He was up seven times last night. Struck out five times? Yeah. Okay. Astadia at third. Scope at second. Unless he's hurt. Or tired. You're tired today. Okay, but Sano... You didn't even play. But Sano struck out five times. He needs... A, he, you got to get him out of there tonight. I don't agree with him playing. We'll see how it works out. I don't agree with this. And score I'm up. upset. You ticked me off about umpires, and now this ticks me off. I though. didn't write the lineup. I know, but I I'm still upset about that, and you asked the umpire question, and it upsets me more now that these yahoos are allowed to actually act like they have any authority. You can yell about it tomorrow on the Score North Twins show, which comes your way every day at noon right here on Score Am I North. Now? On fifteen hundred scorenorth.com. I clearly don't know that. I'm the you wrong guy to ask schedule. about the, schedule, the schedule. I'm the wrong guy to ask about the schedule. I was here at noon today for no good reason. No reason at all. I enjoy talking to you. Didn't start my day until two. We had a quick break. On the other side, the NBA rumor mill just will not stop and we love it. We'll try and catch you up on all of it right after this. Mackie and Judd with Rami score north on fifteen hundred in the score north mobile app.